Hello everyone, you are listening to You've Got 5 Options show with Marta and Anna. Join us while we are solving yet another life challenge. And if you decide to share your problem with us, yours can be next. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is Anna and this is You've Got 5 Options show. And today we are talking about five keys to make a captivating presentation with our guest from the previous episode, Fatema Barot Mota. You got that right, but I, I told you, you, call, you can call me Fatty. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I cannot fatty? call you. <laughs> it's not possible to call you Fatty. <laughs> I, think it, I think the joke is funnier on the radio because people can't see how skinny I am. Yeah, exactly. That's really confusing. But Marta, I'm very happy to have you here back. Can you please tell us, because I kind of told them where you were when you were not here, but where you were exactly. So guys, I was uh, driving to Hope to a ferry to pick up our next guest. So we are here really on tip of our toes uh, to get you guys really amazing guests. And thank you, Anna and Fatema, for flexibility and doing the show uh, without me. Now I'm glad to be here and I hope the second episode is going to rock. Yes, we also hope so, Marta. So let's give you and the rest of our listeners the recap. So what we basically talked with Fatima about is why it is important to have good presentation and storytelling skills. We were talking about Pecha Kucha movement and how did it all started and how Fatima, very similar to Kati from our previous episode, started an actual movement in Vaile for Pecha Kucha and ran already two events. So we have some fire starters here lately in the studio. And then Fatima presented the five tips or five key ingredients to make a captivating presentation. And we went only through one. So for everyone who is interested to listen to the first part, please visit our website at the5options.com, five as a number, or look for us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, which you can listen to for free. And you just have to put your gut five options and all the episodes are there. So Marta, do you think it's a good recap? I think it's a good recap and I can see that I uh, was lucky that only one tip has gone down <laughs> in the first episode so I can hear live the remaining four tips and I'm definitely going to be the first one to listen to the first part. Yeah, I plan it like this. Okay, so Fatima, can you please tell uh, Marta and our listeners again the headlines? Yes. Yeah, what so, are the five tips? So I think the five tips that I believe make a presentation compelling and effective. The first one is to make tell, tell a story and not fact. I think uh, there's a lot of substance in just looking at your presentation as a story and not just, just a list of bullets. The second would be to make it visual, to make it as much more picture-filled as possible. The third is to make it personal. I mean, a presentation is a person standing there presenting, so not making it personal is counter, counterproductive. Uh, the fourth is to be precise and the fifth one is to make it relevant and i think we spoke a bit about how how important it is to look at it as a story in the first episode yes exactly and fatima gave a great example of steve jobs and then there was this one embarrassing moment when i was trying to figure out if steve jobs is alive or he passed away yes i know i know i don't know what happened but well anyway we have we have reflected on the fact that steve jobs was making presentations about computers and mobile phones 
and he was building stories with uh, a message and he was uh, using you know drama and tension all the tools that storyteller does and he was able to inspire people to believe in product and basically create a movement so for me the argument that there is no place for storytelling in business is not valid I completely, completely agree. I am. I fell in love with Pecha Kucha myself. Anna mm. told me about Pecha Kucha, and of course, I was like, "What is Pecha Kucha?" So I watched Pecha Kucha about <laughs> Pecha Kucha <laughs> on YouTube <laughs> to find out. And I just think this is so relevant. If our leaders could give us Pecha Kuchas at the meetings, that would revolutionize the corporate world, in my opinion. <laughs> so I am all for it. Yeah. yeah, I I totally agree, and I think that. We all worked or work in corporations, right? So one of those dreadful moments for me was always, oh my God, I'm going to yet another hour long presentation with 80 slides and eight font text and I will not remember anything. So I think, Marta, this is a brilliant idea and I wish we could somehow propagate it. Maybe, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I think Pechakucha organization is more than happy for lending people, but of course it's a trademark and it's a non-profit organization. So there's just something about licensing or crediting them whenever that format is used. And I'm sure they'll appreciate it, but it's a complete not-for-profit organization. Mm -hmm. So it's just the least we can do, but they would be so more than happy with more and more people using it. Yeah, I think so too. But Fatima, please tell us about your second tip because so, it also reminds me of Steve Jobs. <laughs> who is who is not alive. That is it. So the second tip is to make it visual. And I'm I'm not just saying this because I'm a designer and I like to make things and pictures look pretty. I I love words personally. I'm also a very wordy person, but it's just to say that when you're presenting, it's a person who's standing in front of you and a presentation is verbal. That person is trying to put their story or what they want to communicate in words already. So I think just by basic, it's a bit redundant when the words that that person is saying are also appearing on the screen because it's a multi-sensory experience. You are already listening. So your ear is paying attention on the words already. Why should your eyes also look at words at the same time? Uh, I think the beauty of the format is when you actually, instead of repeating the word, show a picture that complements or adds or brings what you're saying to life. And if we don't use presentation to do that, then I think the format is a bit lost. Then why wouldn't you just turn off the slide and just talk and make people listen? It is effective when you kind of pull out the keywords of what you're saying and put them on the screen. Very, very few words or a very short sentence just so that it registers, it reinforces what you're saying. But otherwise, I think this the cliche sentence that we hear, you know, a picture is worth a thousand uh, words. It is actually true, but I think it kind of makes it cinematic. It makes it theatrical when a person is talking, but what they are speaking is then supported by visual. I think it just adds to the impact. It helps me absorb the information much more because now I'm absorbing the information with my ears through words, but then also through my eyes and visual. So it's just making the content that much more sticky. Yeah, I think it gives you more comprehensive experience Absolutely. and you and you mentioned something about being cinematic and I think that this is a fantastic benchmark that we all should 
strive for in our presentations. But I think at the beginning, what I would love to see is less presentations where there is just a lot of text, not even just a text. Absolutely. Because we also have those presentations when you say something and your sentence or five sentences are on a slide. But we also have those presentations when you have 1000 words on the slide <laughs> or you have yeah. three graphs and uh, some small legends describing some things. Yeah. And uh, my first like dream would be to get rid of at least that because then I really don't know what to do. You are so right. You know, it's like I look at the speaker, try to read, look at the speaker, try to read. And I don't know, Marta, could you confirm this as an experience that you have? With, you know, guys, I will share something with you. Recently, there was a person at the company I work for that did a presentation where he didn't almost have any words on the slides, only pictures. And he did this presentation where he was talking. He's also very well spoken and charismatic guy. But the presentation was almost nothing was written there. I have not seen that presentation, but I already heard about that presentation from so many people right. that it was such a great presentation. And he just used pictures yeah. and so and I was like, damn it, why didn't I see this one? <laughs> but really, people yeah. were talking about it. You get presentations almost every hour or almost every day in 100 different rooms in that company. But that's the one presentation that everyone is talking about. Yeah. So that's the confirmation I can give you. I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. Yeah, It doesn't need taking a PowerPoint slide or a keynote slide and make a template and use it. It could be taking 10 pictures from your computer and just run them next to each other and, you know, speak to it. That would make a compelling presentation for me. It doesn't yeah. need more than that. I, th I think you are right. And thank you, Marta, for this uh, for this example. And, you, you know, as you can see, people are talking about that presentation. You know, it kind of becomes famous in a way. And uh, I also noticed when I was working in a, in a corporation back in the day that there is also quite some resistance. And that will be my question. But actually, maybe it will be more suitable for another tip you will decide. Some people are complaining, but if there is no text on presentation, then how will I be able to get information afterwards, right? Yes. Uh, so this is one of those things that I've heard as a, against, you know, like, but I need afterwards the presentation so I can come back to it and read it. What do you think about this? That we should write reports if we need to give information to for I people think. to read, then write a small report. Yeah, okay. I, I think that PowerPoint is really abused right. because it's treated as a word instead exactly. of instead of powerpoint what do you think fatima i think uh, powerpoint presentations have a simple thing that says notes where if somebody has to look at your presentation standalone then they always have the opportunity to read notes which are hidden when you're presenting uh, so that's point number one point number two is pecha kucha website has all the pecha kucha presentations where the presenter is not present you're seeing their presentations online but just that it, it's images playing with a voice recording that's another way of sharing a standalone document. That said, you're right. We are not saying that Pecha Kucha should replace every information that's being shared out there. It has to be used where it makes sense. So where it makes sense that it's a report with all the details and information that really needs to be passed on, then it, it deserves a different format. But let's not use a report and turn force fit it into becoming a presentation because then you're not making an effective presentation. So I think that was a very good example from Marta. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, but let's hear the key ingredient number three. I'm really curious about this one. Uh, it's 
it's not rocket science this one says it's make <laughs> it, it says make it personal like and i think it's just to remind ourselves that sometimes we feel like okay there's this document and i have to just read it aloud so that people pay attention and all and i i think it's not that the beauty of presentation or something that i love in the pechakucha events is the person standing there because without that person there i mean you have a lot of information available on the internet why should i care about going to an event and seeing a person standing live in front so my point is that if you are presenting then make it personal put a touch of you it is you as a person as an individual giving that fact telling me that story it might be a fact but it would make it so much more interesting if i understand what does this fact mean to you what is your interpretation of it and i think that's tremendously important to engage the audience because they are looking at the person presenting uh you are not a robot uh or you're not a computerized narrator just reading it is a person so i think putting personal points of view even if it's if it's just information that's meant for you know an fyi i understand those purposes are different but wherever it's you are taking the role of presenting that information uh i would say definitely put some of your interpretation and your vibe into it it would be a pity if you don't do that so i would say let your passion for the subject reflect uh i would say be yourself and you don't have to be this you know super cool awesome present super smart clever presenter i think being honest is more important than being clever uh in this case that's when um at least i get presentations more than the others i think when you were telling about this i was thinking about our radio and when we are actually having those moments Uh, sometimes with a guest when the the radio magic happens only because someone is showing him or herself out uh, is being authentic and sharing the story and you are so right of course sometimes it's really great to see a super uh, charismatic super smart presenter it's a different type of an experience and and we love to see that from time to time but what is beautiful about you know being able to present your story either on pechakucha or on the radio or anywhere in any public is to be able to be authentic and to move people right uh, with your story right but actually now i will have a question for you ladies what about uh, presentations in a corporate or company settings can you put yourself into the presentation somehow well in my experience yes but you have to have the lady balls or the men balls <laughs> <laughs> to do that i guess it depends on the company culture of course i'm sure yeah. there are some companies where it's very difficult to do that yeah. i'm sure about that it depends on the company culture but i think it if you are able to make a good presentation in a corporate world you are actually remembered and appreciated i think people are so done and so you know fed up with the boring presentation where someone is just coming there and reading out loud the, what is already written on the slides that actually those presentations where someone actually shows themselves that gives real life examples and you know involves the public because people in the meeting room in a corporate world they are also your public so those people who are able to approach it this way prepare themselves a little bit they are able to actually really reach a result at the end of such a presentation but it is not so often that i see like really good presentations i must admit that right, mm-hmm. right. and it's it's not to mis- be misunderstood that you don't have to turn everything into poetry 
That's mm-hmm. not what we are saying. Sometimes you want the facts as they are. So it's not to sugarcoat or, you know, make every message flurry. But it's just that do add a personal touch, a little thing about what does this mean to you? How does this make the presenter feel when they're sharing it? Just that much is enough. Usually, uh, when we are presenting something in, in companies or in corporate settings, we present our own project or our own something. It's rarely someone gives me his slides and says, present it, right? So even giving a little bit of a reflection, why is this important for me? Like, you know, guys, this is my project. It's tough or it's exciting or it's fun. I will tell you some things, you know, survive with me. There will be some facts, but this is my baby. And, you know, I really want you to just get on board and understand why I really want this to be done. For instance, it's what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds? Sometimes that might be enough, I think. Right. But for some reason, I also think it also depends, as, as Marta said, on a corporate culture of a company. Some companies wouldn't, maybe wouldn't like prosecute employees for doing that, but would never encourage that. You know, when you have the same format, the same template you use, and the same kind of, you know, this kind of killing, the creativity. And again, as, as you both said, you know, it's like, you have an audience, even if those are your colleagues, even if this is your, I don't know, manager or actually someone who who you are a manager for, those are people. And it's like, what are you trying to do there? Like, you want people to work with you. You want people to get convinced to your project, to your initiative. How do you want to convince them? You know, if, if you are not sparkly, at least a little bit about it, you know, so that that's my reflection. Right. Yeah. But I think we have two more tips to go. And tam, 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 tam. What <laughs> is the tip number four? So the tip number four is a, a bit more practical. And it just says be precise. And we touched a lot about this in the last episode as well. But just to rephrase or put a bit more focus on this is, and it's a good segue from what you just said, that you have an audience. And I think it's very important to remember that they are giving you that time and attention. So it's very important to put yourself in the audience shoes and ask yourself, like, what, how much is relevant do they need a background? Do they need a build-up? Is it worth one hour of the time or is it worth 15 minutes of the time? So the minute you stop thinking, how long do I want to talk about this? And the minute you put yourself in the audience shoes and ask, like, how long? Uh, what is relevant? Is it relevant? Is it important? Is it necessary for them to know this? I think just having these three questions as filters helps you really filter. And I gave you my own experience wherein I, when I first prepared my Pecha Kucha presentation, I ran over like 15, between 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, how will I cut this thing down? It was tough. It was tough because I had to really be merciless and, you know, chop things off. Because in your head, you feel everything is important. How will you leave out everything? But it's, it's amazing how having a restriction somehow forces you to cut down things like, you know, cut down, go down to the bone and just stick to what's important. I think it's that, again, very famous quote from Einstein that if you can't put it simply, you haven't understood it well enough, mm-hmm. right? Or what they speak about elevator pitches, where mm-hmm. let's say you're with the CEO of the company in an elevator and you have a few seconds and what if you have to pitch an idea in that time? Yeah. You have to be so succinct. And I think it's a, it takes a lot of rigor. It's not easy, but it's amazing how much it makes you decide and get sharper. And of course, Pecha Kucha is a great format that works at for many things. We are not saying it's a format that works for everything. So when I say it's be precise, some things deserve a book. 
some things deserve a novel something deserve a two hour movie so it's really also understanding who your audience is and what is it that you're sharing and therefore what what's the best length uh, and format that's best suited to this so that's my take on being precise but i would love to hear your opinion i think that i have been to presentations where i come out of the room and i don't know what was the presentation about so <laughs> i'm not 100% sure why exactly and what was the you know the reason what was the like i mean of course there was some invitation and some kind of agenda but i'm like why again did i spend <laughs> one hour sometimes two hours <laughs> sometimes three hours and i come out of it and i really feel like what was the purpose of it what have i learned like you know why 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 <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i i think i really respect people you know who write a very long email but in the end they will apologize like i'm sorry i did not have the time to cut down the email that apology i have a lot of respect for that because yeah. your first draft will always be long mm-hmm. and unedited but uh, uh that is when you respect your work and the other person's time that if this person is getting my email it's my responsibility to cut it down and take as less time as possible and yet be effective in my communication Yeah, I actually uh, before we will go to the last tip today, I will come back to something I said before. Petra Kutcher really taught me to really be precise and select what's needed to be said, and that is very difficult for me because I'm extremely talkative person. As some say I have a verbal diarrhea. So it was uh, and I'm usually used to, you know, uh, freestyle when I public speak. So it was a really difficult for me and it was a challenge that taught me discipline and precision and I'm not the only one here because Fatima you did your presentation and Marta also made a presentation we actually made a presentation Petra Kucha together which to be honest I find it even harder than individual one fantastic because yeah. when you do it together you have to be in a perfect sync yeah. so marta what was your experience on this one because i think you are usually a little bit more precise than i am i yeah i am uh, i am quite a precise person so for me it's not that difficult of mm-hmm. course i i also always hit more at the beginning and of course i have to cut out stuff so probably it's uh, it's a little bit easier to me than to you but i still thought that uh, it was an amazing experience to see how you are deselecting and deselecting and extracting the you know the actual essence of what you want to say so it is a great process and i really really want to try it out at work i'm, I'm so really glad, looking forward i'm so glad you actually tried it on yourself yeah but It was tough. Um I will not go into details guys, but it was tough for me, but I did it anyway, right? But it's tough. And I think Marta that this is actually fantastic to use it in a corporate settings and Fatima you mentioned the elevator pitch. What do you do when you have 1 minute with a CEO in a, you know, in an elevator? Like can you pitch it? Can you sell it? And I think this is about the precision as well. So what is your tagline? What is your catchline? What is your main message? What do you want people to remember after it's done, right? Right. So Fatima, the last tip was uh it I think it's probably a summary of everything and yes. it's basically make it relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think we touched about, you know, audience and putting yourself in their shoes, but I think it's it's nice to just think about how will this add value? to the audience like mm-hmm. what is it what is it doing to them what kind of reaction do you want from them but i think also just to help this be more and more relevant one is of course make it as precise as possible 
But a second thing, and I think you guys practice it very well, is maybe have an interesting start that kind of gives you a hint on what to expect. What are you going to be taking back if you sit through this presentation? I think it just sets the listener or the audience in the right frame of mind that, okay, this is what I'm here for. This is what I've signed up for. And I think doing that in the beginning is nice because then I know what I'm looking for. And then I think it's a very simple thing, but to summarize in the end and to have very, being, being crystal clear on takeouts, like Martha, you mentioned about sitting through a presentation and not uh, leaving with any clear takeouts. I think that's a shame, right? Because you're taking people's time. Sometimes a lot of the content must be there hidden, but just calling it out makes it very effective. I think your show with, you know, having five precise tips is a great example of doing that as well. So I think I would definitely uh, recommend uh, doing that. And the other thing with relevance is, you know, depending on who your audience is, use examples that speak in the language they understand, right? So use references from the context that your audience comes from. If your audience is the, you know, is the number statistics type, then use a statistic joke in your presentation because that will be relatable for your audience. But if your audience is the quirky, crazy, creative kinds like, like us. So we use a lot of funny GIFs and memes in our presentation a lot because I work in a creative organization. So we are very visual people. So we have a lot of cat videos and funny memes in our presentation all the time. Cat videos? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. I literally never. I've been in a corporation for close to a decade. Never. Not even once. I have been to a presentation where there was like a funny meme. Yeah. I have got some funny memes in an email. Mm -hmm. When people are sending like it's Friday or something. Yeah. yeah, but not in a presentation. Yeah. And again, it's the key is relevant. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. of course, if you're talking to like board members of a big company, you need to, of course, ask yourself, is it relevant for me to put a funny meme here or do I need to? But it's just that whether, whether you're choosing words or images or just the story that you're choosing to tell or metaphors that you're choosing to tell, keep the audience in mind so that the examples you show or talk about or quote to make your point to come across are things that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. I actually loved what you said about crafting your message towards your audience. I think that when when we go to speak somewhere with Marta, we are trying because once I think we didn't really do the homework, for instance, we didn't know that we will talk to a smaller group. We were prepared for a big lecture. Very important because you work with audience differently. Or for instance, you know, when we had a presentation, uh, I, we had a lecture afterwards at the university. We asked how old are those guys? Because, you know, you can prepare something for students but in Denmark you never know if they are actually 21 22 or they are actually 35 38 so that kind of things super important because you are right you can make examples that are relevant to the audience so that was something that came to my mind immediately and um, the other thing was that I usually when I was invited not presentation and I would like to ask you about this. When I'm inviting people, I was inviting people for a meeting, I was writing straight away. The purpose of this meeting is to do this and this and this and this. You are invited here because I think that you this and this and this. If you feel like you are not supposed to be on this meeting, please tell me who should be invited or just decline because it will be a waste of time. That's so relevant. And yeah. I think that this could be also used before you start to present. This is a presentation about this and this. For people who are this and this, if by mistake you just ended up there, 
you are most welcome to leave because you have something important to do. So what do you think about that, ladies? As a last note, that's what I do recently. I've been having a, a big variety of people come into a certain project that I've been working with. And I was starting like, guys, this presentation touches on these five points. Who of you is familiar with point number one? Then they raise the hands. You are very welcome to open your computers and do whatever you want because you are familiar with it. It's not relevant to you or you are able to leave, come back in 20 minutes. And like telling people exactly what we are going to do. The first 20, 30 minutes is about intro to this project. If you've been introduced already, you're welcome to leave. In half an hour, we will be this and that. So I actually do that. I tell people exactly what we are going to talk about. And I prefer to let people off the hook or if they need to attend to their messages and so on, rather than sit there and think that they are wasting the time in their life by having to sit through the things that they already know. This is brilliant, Marta. It's a brilliant example yes. of doing relevance in action. And on this last brilliant note, I would like to thank you here, Marta, for arriving and co-hosting today with me. Fatima, thank you very much for being here and sharing your five key ingredients to make a captivating presentation. And I guess we'll have to say goodbye to our listeners. And thank you. I must say thank you for having me here. It has been a very humbling experience, my first time being on radio. And I know the guests can't see the energy we have in the room, but I have loved talking to you guys. I would only encourage more and more people to come. Uh, thank you so you. very much. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. You are listening to You've Got 5 Options show, where we solve your life challenges. Remember that you can visit our website, the5options.com, where you can submit your challenge or find our previous challenges. That's all, folks!